Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, the leaves are turning and we're putting on our scarves. It's time to talk about autumn games. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how are you doing? Doing great. I feel like we're recording this at a good time, because it's cooled down a little bit in LA. Cooled down a so little bit, really man. really feeling that like autumn lifestyle. We're going to get below 60 degrees on this one, Get baby. out your parkas. Oh, I know. Look, hats, gloves, galoshes, anything you could... The thing that protects your face, <laughs> like the bottom half of your head, like everything has to be covered. My buddy Paul, when we were going to school in Wisconsin, would wear two hoodies, one forward and one backwards, so he could pull the hood up over the front part of his face and the other hood over the back. Seems like you could just buy a coat. Uh, I mean, he also wore that. This was school in Wisconsin, (laughs) northern Wisconsin in February. It is cold all the time. Should be illegal. That's right. We're not talking. Look, we're not talking about February. (laughs) That's right. We're not talking about winter games. These are not winter games. Mm. These are not Mario and Sonic at the winter games. This is Mario and Sonic at the autumnal games. And all that that means. (laughs) And what it does mean, we'll get to in a a second. First, we've got our normal business to attend to. Sonic Force is my copy of it. You want to play it? Of course you do. You can borrow it from us. All you got to do is email us at nintendocartridgesociety at gmail.com and uh, let us know where we can send it. You play it. You send it back. Costs you nothing. Great. While you're sending that email, send us your Super Mario Maker 2 levels. And I cannot stress this enough. Make them two different emails. If an email is like, hey, Sonic Forces and also another thing, it's I'm going to lose one part of it. Right. So while you're doing that, <laughs> yes. but in a separate email, yeah. or you can tweet it at us, send your Mario Maker 2 levels. We love playing them. We love talking about them on the show. Yes. We love including them in the show notes so other people can play along. We love every part of it. Uh, you can tweet at us at NinCart Society or again, email us at NintendoCartridgeSociety at gmail.com. <laughs> I'm sorry. The, the, I did, the I did panic lock. on Patrick's <laughs> face. And look, am I embarrassed? Egg on my face for sure. Yeah, uh, I, I just, I, I, I looked. I, I knew that it wasn't. I, I felt like it wasn't going to happen because I didn't like lock eyes with you before I started it, which I usually do. I mean, normally we are locked uh, eyes the, the entire podcast, right? Um, but I got distracted for a second because i was thinking about 8-bit betty's new music oh yeah because 8-bit betty put out a new single called fall on your sword it is available now on 8-bit betty.com you can get it on his twitter which is 8-bit betty music um or you can just go to youtube and look for fall on your sword 8-bit betty it's a great new tune or you can send us an email at uh, Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com and we'll send you a link i don't i might not do that you would do it if somebody wrote in. I would. It's true. Um, but maybe only two or three times. Here's uh, one last thing that you can do with that email address. I know we're putting a lot on you, listener. I'm sorry. But we need your help. We are trying to determine the best piece of Nintendo music of all time. And we are going to do this with a tournament uh, that is made up of only pieces that you submit. 
So email them to us, tweet them at us, and let us know what songs we should consider in our best Nintendo music championship bracket. So we're giving you a little bit of time to do this. Um, get them to us before November 22nd, please. But just because we're giving you a long lead time doesn't mean that you should procrastinate. That's only for school. Yeah, and procrast- work. procrastination is only for school and work and like shopping for your niece's birthday. Like that's it. Those are the only things that are acceptable to procrastinate on. This is not one of those. <laughs> this is not. Um, all right. Uh, and Mark, let's get into it. Let's get into the topic of the week and let's talk about some fall games. Okay, so what do we mean? We're saying we're saying fall games. Yeah, I think okay, a couple of things. I've kind of broken mine out into three distinct categories that I think kind of paint a picture of what I'm thinking about here. Cuz for me, uh autumn has always been a time, I don't know, for whatever reason of contemplation. Mm, like okay. that that's what I think I, not that during autumn I become like super contemplative. Uh-huh. It's just that when, in my memories of, you know, like autumn's past with the sun beginning to go down earlier. Memories of autumn's past. <laughs> and the, I mean, look, am I a poet? Yeah. Yeah, of course I am. Of course you are. Um, You know, and the leaves are dying and falling off the tree and it gets a little <laughs> chillier and all that kind of stuff. I'm really, I'm really painting a picture here. Yeah, yeah, But, yeah. you know, like, I don't know. There's something a little bit melancholy about that. Yeah, well, so it is. at the same time. It is like spring in that it is a season of change, but it is a, a change towards the uh the the more uh the dead right uh, the change towards the more wintry um and so like yeah there's totally a uh sort of like sadness to it a melancholy um so how how does this uh feed into your categories so, so i kind of have three categories of games one is a little more like nostalgic driven category like games that i think of as being mm-hmm. a kid mm-hmm. around this time of year playing or experiencing a lot. The second one are is games that are specifically around the changings of the seasons. Okay. And then the third one, of course, are spooky games. Oh, spooky games. Um yeah, so it uh it it is interesting. I feel like I don't cuz I also thought like okay, what games do I associate with playing in the fall? And I don't have a lot of them. Um, partially because fall is always a back to school time. And, uh, you know, like college was probably my least video gamey time of my life. I was just busy doing other stuff. And while I played games in high school and junior high school and before, um, usually going back to school was like the cue to me to stop playing games for a little bit. So I don't have a ton of games that were actually like super active during that time. I have some notable exceptions. Um, but uh, so it, I, I think you've got a few more games than me. So why don't you uh, offer your, your first? Yeah, sure. So um, the first one that I really associate with Autumn is Donkey Kong Country, mm. the original for the Super Nintendo, a game that we've talked about a lot on this show. Yeah. I have so many memories of it being like rainy outside. And, you know, the way that um, like wet, dead leaves yes smell you know when they like gather and it's beginning to like compost a little bit yeah like that's strong that's such a strong like sense memory for me especially for this game so like being rainy outside playing donkey kong country with my siblings and listening to like the les miserables soundtrack yeah on constant repeat uh 
that is such a funny like trio of sensations uh lame is donkey kong and <laughs> just like fall smells uh-huh. um it, it's interesting because uh, like i for me donkey kong uh feels very summer to me donkey kong country feels very summer to me um and i think that's just because of like the tropical environment totally um but i i get i, I get i get the uh it, it, if for no other reason than uh, you were playing it in, in the fall. Well, you know, I mean, also we were talking a little bit on uh, Tuesday's episode about Secret of Evermore. Yeah. And one of the things about that game is that it's very, like, atmospheric. And the music reminded me a lot of the music in Donkey Kong Country, where um, it is a lot just about, like, atmosphere. And it's not necessarily, like, you know, pounding forward movement type music. And that's what people really appreciate about it. And I feel like that kind of also plays into my feeling of like, oh, it's not the excitement of summer necessarily. It's more like the quieter time of autumn. Yeah, when you're going to really dig into the game and get to that 101%. (laughs) And kind of uh, adjacent to that, but related, uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Yeah. A game that I definitely don't associate with playing in autumn, but has a wonderful autumn level called autumn hills which is the second world of the game that that world is so cool like the music is so good yeah that's also where the game reveals itself to be like a a beautifully designed little uh like piece of game yeah more than just like the tropical setting of the like first um island in the game then both like the first island in that game and sort of like the entire aesthetic of donkey kong country returns is like in that jungle theme um and you know like it's such a weird uh like departure to have like a a fall themed world um and that's kind of what it is um good picks uh so for my first fall pick uh we talked about it a little bit on tuesday brain age um that game feels very back to school uh to me um and i also remember uh, i bought my ds the like right at the beginning of the summer and like I mostly used it at that point to play Mario Kart, Mario Kart DS, a great uh, Mario Kart game. Um, and I don't know why it took me a while to get uh, Brain Age, but like I got it in September, like the end of uh, August, and really made it like part of my routine as classes were starting back up again. And this is the year that I was uh, living on campus, but wasn't uh, wasn't a student anymore. I was a hall director. Um, so like this was my this was like my dumb little justification to myself was like, I'm not taking classes. I'm not learning anymore, but my brain will not atrophy because uh, this uh, DS game will, will keep me active and sharp. Um, and just something about uh, having that like routine working on yourself kind of thing feels very back to school, feels very fall to me. Yeah, totally. Um, and then, so kind of the last game that I have lumped in here with, the like nostalgia bit of it yeah. is Chrono Trigger. Oh boy. And this is another one that like, I can't even really remember the first time I played it, like mm-hmm. what season it was. Like it's not specifically that that's when I played it, but especially the opening, the music in that game um, really kind of has a sense of me that I like associate with autumn where it's a little bit melancholy. It's really, um, uh, melodic but is is bittersweet yeah i think there's also something about like the game doesn't expressly take you into different seasons but like it sort of feels like it does because when you go to like um the 
uh, like far flung future or not not the no yeah the the super no is it the past which is the one that where it's like uh, snowy on the ground and then like oh, there's like I a flying continent can't remember it's sort of in the past right because that's where uh, like little Magus is um so like that's like kind of wintry and then when you go to like the prehistoric era that feels summery and then the two like eras in like the modern time there's like the medieval one and then like present day and those feel very like spring and fall to me um and i i you spend a lot of time like in the woods so you see a lot of trees that that game yeah definitely feels like fall i also think that there's something very childlike about the game like it's very innocent for lack of a better term mm-hmm. that makes me like lump it in with all of those other it like, memories. Lump it in with all the rest. <laughs> <laughs> just a big old mess um so i have an uh, uh another game here that i'm not sure i have a good reason for why it makes me think of the fall um other than again i associate it very much with um school and school starting up battletoads um, so this was a game that my buddy Reed Nolan had, um, and, you know, he had gotten it over the summer and, uh, like all of us going back to school and, uh, you know, in like second grade or third grade or something, um, passing this game card around and just sort of like challenging each other to like playing this super hard, um, game that like at the time we couldn't get anywhere in that game. Like the speeder bike level, which is level three would knock us out like i couldn't get anywhere in it um so early and it wasn't until like years later in college that i uh, like found an nes and my buddy al and i were like okay let's get good at battletoads and like really figure it out um so maybe like that's also part of it too that i view the game as like a project that like you're starting to take on um and uh you know, we we got as far as you can possibly get in Battletoads with two players, which is level 11. At level 11, you can't pass it anymore um, with two players. Um, and so, yeah, that, that game just always makes me think of that time of year and, like, buckling down to work on, uh, like, a project. So the next two games I have, these are kind of gimmies. Um, sure. And really, they would fit in any, uh, like, one of these that we did, whether it be for spring summer i don't feel like i need to list all of the winter seasons <laughs> but uh they are stardew valley yes and animal crossing yeah in any of those games i don't know autumn is usually my favorite season in which to play because i feel like the distinction between spring and summer isn't that great and winter is kind of lame no matter where you're experiencing it yeah because you can't grow anything and like things close early or if they're open at all right and in stardew valley like you know winter because you can't grow anything it's normally a time of like where you're gonna go explore the mines or you're gonna like really dig into the relationship stuff or however you do it but um i also just associate like kind of like being outdoors to be more of a win- uh, autumn thing. Yeah. So I, I will just jump in and say that one of mine is the uh, original Harvest Moon on the Super Nintendo, um, which I think we can lump into this same uh, like category. Um, but I, I don't, I am not, I can't really remember what you could actually do in the original Harvest Moon that wasn't in summer and spring. Like you could take care of your animals. You had to, or they would die. <laughs> um, and, like, that was sort of it. Like, there were romance options in the game, but, like, it was pretty limited. And, you know, 
like you know there were like festivals and stuff um but like the fall it just it had like such a nice color palette in fall um that like it was fun to walk around and like you know see what the town looked like um which is you know uh, got to be true of Stardew Valley and Animal Crossing too yeah absolutely um should i so now i've i've done one already in in the form of of harvest moon um what what is your last category so mine is spooky games okay so uh, i i think my spooky game because i have one spooky game on here and i suspect it is one of your spooky games should we try to say it at the same time and <laughs> sure. see if see if it is uh-huh. okay uh three two one resident, resident evil. evil 4 oh okay <laughs> i i am very specifically for me resident evil 4 um so i remember playing resident evil 2 at uh my family owned a uh condo in hurley wisconsin which is like the very northern border like bordering on uh the the up of michigan and i remember playing resident evil 2 up there um one summer um and so like that in that way resident evil 2 is a very summer game for me and i guess for that reason i lump a lot of those games into the summer category but resident evil 4 first of all it just feels like the beginning of that game is so spooky and you're like out in the woods right and it's kind of like i mean it's not autumn but it's kind of a barren yeah you know woods like it's not lush or green or anything yeah yeah so i guess that that like that's what does it for me because like i guess technically um the original resident evil you're in a mansion in the woods like in the woods on the mountain or whatever um but you know it's all inside or like out on balconies and you know whatever Uh, and then you're gonna go to a lab at some point which as discussed we don't care for (laughs) um but yeah that resident evil 4 like gives you that like walking around outside and like those sort of like memories that I have of like exploring the um like we had a vacant lot in our backyard that was just like overgrown with trees and stuff and like exploring that or exploring like the the nearby like prairie land um and just trying to like you know navigate around and like seeing weird things that like teenagers would leave um like it, it all just felt very much the same as Resident Evil 4 to me yeah uh so I have two kind of like retro games on here one that's beloved maniac mansion there you go so maniac mansion is not a scary game as an adult but it's a very weird game and weird is the Remains same as weird yeah. yeah and like weird is the same as scary when you're a kid you're just like that's this is point. unfamiliar and strange so like it must be i'm terrified of it and that's how i found maniac mansion like looking back on it it's full of jokes like it's really funny but at the time especially had since i had never played an adventure game before had no idea what was going on it felt so like scary and foreign and you die all the time in that game if you don't know what you're doing (laughs) which of course you did not because you were a child um so that and then just resident evil oh no sorry uh so resident evil 4 definitely one for me but the other kind of like retro game Mm. is a is clue for the Super Nintendo. Wow. Which is a terrible way to play Clue. Yeah. Because um, you have to, like, when you're looking at your cards, you just have to tell everybody to not look at the screen. Oh, yeah. Because there's no way to do it in privacy. And, and otherwise, it's just totally a it just, game of it Clue. Just Clue? Yeah, translated <laughs> to a board game. Like, there's even, like, you know, a hand that comes down and picks up the two die and then shakes it. And I mean, really, it doesn't really shake it. It's kind of like motion. Right. It does what a Super Nintendo uh, (laughs) hand could do. Right. 
Um, but I just remember playing that game a ton and having to blast with my sister doing it. Uh, that's so weird. Why it, we should do a thing at some point uh, about board games on on consoles because um, it's just it's such a weird phenomenon. Total. Like, what's the point? What in fact? Well, especially is... like ret like retro, yes. consoles. Like now, I get it m- like more. I can understand why you'd want to play Pandemic potentially. Sure, you know, like, like uh, those those more involved games. Like, I, I can definitely see someone like making a case for. I mean, like if uh, like BattleTech or like you know just a regular game of like Warhammer or Warhammer 40k, where it is like doing all of the math for you, right? And, like rolling the bunch of dice without you having to do it or like on the go because i don't know sure if you ever went on road trips as a kid did you get like the travel size board games with like all those little pieces they're all magnetic but you lose them all anyway (laughs) yeah because the magnets were cheap and not very strong no um but yeah so like that versus playing carcassonne on your switch like makes a ton of sense to me yeah but what doesn't make any sense is playing clue Plugged into a Super Nintendo, plugged into a CRT TV. No. When you could just get out the board game. Makes sense. But but that's what video games does to your brains when you're a kid. Yeah. You're like, a real life version of this is stupid, but a video game version of Clue. (gasps) That's awesome! (laughs) Blueberry Radical! Uh, So then I'm I'm to my my last fall game at that point. Uh, So my final fall game is Super Mario 64. Um, which came out in the fall. Uh, we are just right now celebrating what the like twenty second anniversary of the Nintendo sixty four. Oh, twenty third, right? Nineteen ninety six. Yes, yes, that's right. Um, yeah, just over the weekend was the uh the twenty third anniversary, uh, which means it's also the twenty third anniversary of Super Mario sixty four. And I think I've told this story on 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 the show before, but. Uh, when I got my Nintendo 64, my dad took me to Target um, to get it. I'd been saving up, saved up all summer. Um, and, uh, you know, like, uh, was in line with a couple other dorks and probably their dads. Um, and, you know, we, like, walked down to the uh, the electronics department. And they had two big boxes that they were, like, unloading. Like, they didn't... This was so weird, like, to look back on. Like, this is the launch of a Nintendo console, and it wasn't, like, a thing that they were prepared for, right? Like, they were still opening the boxes uh, as as we were walking up. Um, And so they opened the boxes that had the Nintendo 64s in them. And, uh, you know, the guy pulled out, pulled out the system and pulled out the game. And the game that was in that box was Pilot Wings. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 I want Mario. I don't want Pilot Wings. Um, and he was like, that's all that's in here. And, you know, 1996, I'm 14 years old. Uh, I'm like, well, what about that box over there? I'm telling this dude how to do his job. <laughs> Uh, and sure enough, he opened it up, and then Mario sixty four was in there. Oh, what a relief! I saved everyone in that line <laughs> from having to play Pilot Wing sixty four. Um, and then, like, you know, got the system home that afternoon and just proceeded to fall in love with it. Um, and you know, like Mario sixty four is such like a transformative game for like the genre or just for the medium, um, but also was just personally very exciting to me. Um, I still like one of the things that I respond to in video games now is just the ability to make Mario run around a 3D space. Like, I love it. I've turned on Mario Galaxy or Mario Odyssey just to make Mario run and jump with no specific goal. 
um, cause it feels good and I like doing it. Um, so I know that I did that all the way through, uh, the, the fall of, of that year. Um, and I remember my, uh, my buddy Dave, like asking if he could borrow the Nintendo 64 from me. And I was like, no, sir, you cannot. <laughs> this thing stays here with me. Um, so that, that's like step one in why I view, uh, Mario 64 as, as a fall game. Um, but then, uh, years later, like a decade later, um, after I, I, uh, so I lived in Hawaii for, uh, like two and a half months, uh, after college, uh, cause I was staying with my sister and, um, her husband, they were in the army and they were about to be deployed. Uh, so she was like, come stay in our house, take care of our dog and all that. So I did that for just a little bit. Um, and when I came back to the mainland, I moved to Chicago with some friends of mine. And it was uh, the very beginning of November. Um, and so I was moving from Hawaii to Chicago. And it was cold in Chicago. And we did not have our heat set up yet in the apartment that we were renting. An apartment which, by the way, would never get warm. Um, we, we spent over $300 a month on heating that oh apartment. Oh, my gosh. Um, from, like, November through, uh, you know, like, April. It was impossible to heat. Um, so, uh, we, I, it was just me and Andrew at this point, our, our third roommate, um, Taylor hadn't, hadn't moved in yet. Um, and we were, uh, we had like nothing in this apartment, right? We had like a blow up mattress. Um, my TV, uh, which was like a big, L- <laughs> it was a good, it was a too big TV, a big like LCD TV. Um, and, um, like a- a- almost nothing else. So, you know, we would watch movies on this thing. And then we also played. Mario 64 on the Wii eShop. Um, and I've mentioned Andrew on the show before. He's the dude that did uh, the 900 Korok seeds in two different versions of uh, Breath of the Wild. And so he's an ultra completionist. And, you know, we played through that game and got every, you know, over the course of like a day and a half, uh, staying up all night, um, just like really laying that down, being too cold, um, and just like loving every second of it. Um, so yeah, for me, Mario 64 is those, those two discrete moments in my life. Um, one of being 14 and being so excited and like know it all about games. Uh, and then like another where like I had just turned my life upside down and was as cold as I've ever been, uh, and just playing it and loving it and getting all the way into it. So that's it for uh, for me. Uh, Mark, did you, did you have any more uh, fall games to talk about? No, I think that's a hard one to beat. Uh, that was my goal, was be hard to beat. Uh, now we will, of course, pose it to you, the listener. Do you have any fall games that are better than Super Mario 64? Uh, please write into us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Um, on that subject, we got an email from a listener about our show from last week. Um, where we uh, drafted characters into our uh, RPG parties um, from uh, the Nintendo uh, stable. Uh, so got an email from Jonathan. Jonathan writes, uh, uh, Mark and Patrick, lo- love the recent RPG draft episode. I thought I would share my lineup. Um, I'm not considering whether these characters appear in an RPG, just anyone appearing on a- in a game on a Nintendo system. Good. Love it. Um, in the role of the fighter, Kitty plus mech suit from Gato Roboto. I just think this would be hilarious. Uh, uh, plus, you would always be thinking about upgrading equi- equipment, so I think the kitty would be a good fit for the fighter. 
good good pick. This is not somebody I'm familiar with. So uh, uh, this is the main character from Gato Roboto, which is just a cartoon cat in a mech. That's it. <laughs> okay, I'm sold. I love it. Uh, for the thief, Goose from Untitled Goose Game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this game. Also, Goose is alarmingly good at stealing stuff. So so satisfying when Goose runs up to that kid, unties his shoes, picks up the plane, causing the kid to chase after Goose. Kid trips uh, because Goose... Uh, what tri- the kid trips because his shoelaces are untied. Ta-da! Goose steals the kid's glasses. Can you imagine doing that on an RPG boss? Amazing. I, I cannot. Uh, and Mark, that's how you get the kid to wear the wrong glasses. <laughs> well, you can do it that way. <laughs> There's no wrong answers in an entitled Goose game. That's, you are correct. Um, for the black belt, he picked Bowser from just about anything. Uh, I know maybe not the uh, first ideal choice, but he is a brawler in games. Uh, that uh, that feature Bowser as a playable character, and he's so satisfying. Uh, he cites Super Mario RPG and Mario Odyssey. And every party needs a like a heavy. Yeah, definitely needs like and like he- a heavy who is a brawler too. Um, and if like thinking about when you uh, well, that's maybe spoilery. Uh, talking about him in, in Odyssey, but in Super Mario RPG, he does fight with his hands. Um, his best weapons are just like slashing and clawing. Uh, now here. Mark, if I do say so myself, this is where it gets good. Um, the Black Mage. Skull Kid plus Majora's Mask. Ooh, mm-hmm. that is a good pick. Yes, he says, for real, they would wreck everyone, uh, except maybe Fierce Deity, Li- Fierce Deity Link, but still, that would make a great uh, slash terrifying Black Mage. That's an amazing pick. Uh, he's got all the power in the world. He's going to bring down the moon yeah, and smash that's it with top, it. That's hard to beat. Uh, for White Mage, he says, uh, any Pokemon trainer. Just constantly throwing potions. Great point. <laughs> That's great. Except Ash, now that he's a champion, he can pay somebody to throw potions for him. <laughs> he's got those sweet endorsement deals. <laughs> he forgot where he came from. Uh, and finally, for Red Mage, he says Zelda from Breath of the Wild. Once she figures out how to tap into her power, she came, she seems capable of a mix of black and white magic. Think about it. She's able to kill a whole army of guardians, but only has a, uh, but only has a defensive measure for Link. Probably my favorite memory. Um, and who else could bind Calamity Ganon for 100 years? Great point. I love this list. This is a really good party. It's better than mine and better than yours. <laughs> but if anyone would like to share uh, their, their parties, again, you can always email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Um, all right, Mark, let's close this thing out. That is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, we appreciate that tremendously. On Twitter, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. And then the Facebook page is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Apit Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apitbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying enjoy your pumpkin patching. And thanks for listening. Hey guys, I'm Stevie Nelson. And I'm Dave Horowitz. And we're the hosts of I Burn Everything. It's a podcast about food and relationships, which, you know, if we're being honest, are two out of the three things people want to talk about anyway. What's the third thing? Netflix. 
Okay. We'd like you to rate, review, and subscribe if you like it. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple, iPods. Stitcher. Do you still have iPods? <laughs> <laughs> if you have an iPod, do it on an iPod. I don't know. If you have a Zune, do it on your it's Zune. It's probably hard to even charge them now. Yeah. Good luck. And if you have a Tamagotchi, you can't do any of this. Yeah. You can't stream audio on a Tamagotchi, but you you can feed them. Yeah. You still so keep feed feeding those it. little buggers. They're hungry. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Campfire.